0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Players Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. Say hi, Dan. What's up, everybody? I couldn't find the unmute button. Shocking. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, our show today, we're going to hand out our NFL awards. And, Dan, I can't think of a better season to do this because... The last time we did this, we were wrong and very wrong. When we did the predictions and last year, while well, the show just plain sucked. So let's do it again this year and this time let's let's make it good, okay?
1: Okay, we can try.
0: We can try. All right. Where do you want to start? The good, the bad or the or the nonsensical?
1: Uh, let's
0: go with the nonsensical to start. What do you think? All right. Fine with me. Our nonsensical awards, we're going to call them, because we are based in wrestling, and that's where we got our start, the John Cena Awards. And our first award is Your Time Is Up. This goes to the Hall of Famer that just retired. Dan, would you like to read our nominees? Our nominees are
1: Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and J.J. Watt.
0: And the winner is J.J. Watt.
1: Is J.J. Watt. Now, each of these nominees, there is speculation that Rodgers is going to retire. Matt Ryan definitely should retire, but (laughs) J.J. Watt is Is. definitely retiring.
0: That's why he won the award. One we don't know, one we think we know, and one did, and J.J. Watt is probably... Is it a hot take if I say he's the best one of the three?
1: Yeah, a little bit of a... uh, Maybe not. Uh, Maybe not in his position. That may not be that much of a hot take.
0: All right, let's move along. We go to the My Time Is Now Award. These are for players that are about to hit their prime. Dan, our nominees are Kenny Pickett. Oh, these are quarterbacks, excuse me. Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, and Trevor Lawrence. Dan, who's our winner? Well, first, let's talk about one of these
1: three. Pickett, you are not the winner.
0: (laughs) Well, he was included because he has the possibility to, given the Uh, fact Pittsburgh does have some, you know, skill at the skill positions
1: our next guy here brock purdy he came in at a close second but our winner is trevor lawrence and ed let me hit you with one of your lines and let me tell you why the reason why trevor lawrence wins this award is he attempted 18 less passes completed 28 more passes averaged averaged one yard more per completion and his completion, is, Trevor Lawrence, just, you haven't seen numbers improve this much from a year one to year two
0: since Peyton Manning. I will put it to you that way. Fair enough. And the dude's got a, got a head of lettuce that is just amazing. The next award is the You Can't See Me Award. These are for quarterbacks who will not be wearing the same jersey they wore this year. One of these nominees, Dan, is going to fight me for. Your nominees are... Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a nomination for this award every year, and Lamar Jackson.
1: And Ed, I can't argue with any of them, but I think there is a for sure clear cut winner here, and that is drum roll, please.
0: I don't have sound effects. Derek Carr. We we weren't prepared for sound effects. Why did you cue for sound effects when we weren't prepared? Anyway, yes, Derek Carr has gone out of Oakland. And what's sad is you think about all the Oakland quarterbacks and really, I mean, you got Ken Stabler and Rich Gannon, but he's the leading career quarterback in Oakland history in just about every category. He beat out Jamarcus Russell. Isn't that shocking to you that he has better stats than Jamarcus Russell did? I mean, Jamarcus Russell is a hell of a player. Number one overall pick. Um and the last John Cena Award basic thugonomics we call this our Big Dick Energy Award. Now these nominees, I don't think it needs explaining. There's Zach Wilson for his Mill Hunter persona. There's Joe Burrow for being a icon in NFL fashion. Being and the second Tom,
1: best Joe Cool in NFL history.
0: Well. Okay, we'll discuss that here in a minute, because uh, I mean, Joe Flacco raving through and through Uh, and Tom Brady, who had the audacity to sign a 40 million dollar contract with Fox, turn it down, dump a supermodel, go back to playing football and was a top five quarterback at the age of 45, 50, 60 something. Uh, Who's your winner here, Dan?
1: I mean, it's got to be
0: Zach Milson. No woman over 40 is safe.
1: I mean, that's not the only thing that he's going to win this year because he may not. He definitely ain't winning the starting job going into the 2023-2024 season. That's for sure.
0: Uh, We'll see who the Jets draft. Anyway, let's go to our bad and then we'll get to the good. As Dan just decides to step away in the middle of a reward ceremony and that's fine. Our first bad award is the clusterfuck of the year. This goes to franchises that had just been terrible. This is also called the Cleveland Browns Award because they have won it more often than not. And shocking, they are once again a nominee. Along with the Washington Commanders and the Houston Texans, the Browns and Texans have, are in this award largely because of the Deshaun Watson debacle and Lovie Smith. But neither of them are the winner. The winner it is the Washington Commanders.
1: Hands down, the winner here, Um, Dan Snyder, probably spent more time away from the Commanders this year on that yacht um, because you could track that on Twitter. Where in the world is Dan Snyder's yacht? Um, So much going on with the lawsuit and everything else. Just this team is disarray from the front office up. And uh, how soon until we see them sell? That's the question.
0: Or until he is forced to sell and then all that dirt he's got on the other owners comes out. I'm more curious, how soon until General Tutty becomes a side of bacon?
1: Yeah, that's another one, too.
0: Uh, Let's move along. Let's talk about the bad decision of the year. And speaking of General Tutty, he is, in fact, one of the nominees, along with Ron Rivera benching Tyler Heineke in a playoff scenario. And the contracts to (sighs) Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson being fully guaranteed and hamstringing their franchises for probably a decade. Who wins this award, Dan? Why don't you tell us who wins this one, Ed? Oh, dearie, dear. Yeah, I mean, you could go, n- none of these are incorrect. I mean, you could Washington pissing away their their playoffs or having the worst mascot since Gritty. Or that thing that the, the the Kraken have, that that troll-looking thing. Don't talk about
1: Billy like that.
0: Dude, you're the Kraken. Have a giant squid. It makes too much sense. But it's the Deshaun Watson contract and what the Browns gave up to get him because, you know, the Browns have been known for making excellent personnel decisions and drafting exceptionally well and everything else. So you're going to give away our draft picks and then sign a guy fully guaranteed for, what, $240 million who couldn't even play the first three quarters of the season. Congratulations, Cleveland. Just like every year, you played yourself. (sighs) Ah, <sighs> forty
1: six million dollar cap hit. As a AFC North fan, I can't wait till that kicks in next calendar year.
0: Although to be fair, Russell Wilson made a strong push for for that to be to be number one. It uh, was, yeah, the oh, whole benching
1: Heineke situation in itself was huge. I mean, because Ron Rivera didn't even realize that was the week they could get
0: eliminated from the playoffs if they lost. And just to be fair, as bad as that was, our next award is the bad coach you is the you're terrible at your job award, and Ron Rivera is not nominated for this. Ron Rivera is not nominated for that. The nom, read me the nominees, Dan. The nominees here we
1: have Nathaniel Hackett, Matt Rule, and Frank Wright. And your winner? I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. Nathaniel Hackett.
0: Although there is an honorable mention for the nominees, and that's Jeff Saturday. Because uh, when, after he took over for Indianapolis, they did not get better. So should we just have listed that
1: as uh, Indianapolis's coaching staff?
0: I think we should. With all due respect to Frank Reich, who not only was the quarterback for the second largest comeback in NFL history, but a team he coached, albeit not the current coach, was also the loser on the largest comeback in NFL history. And Matt Ryan, the loser to the largest playoff comeback, is now also the loser to the largest regular season comeback a lot of connections there
1: now had this next award
0: you and i argued
1: about for a couple of minutes until you realized i was hands down right on who the winner was
0: and that award is the what the fuck are you doing award these are stupid storylines that happened during the year your nominees are the houston texans firing Lovie smith immediately i mean minutes after the Texan season was over, and I'm not talking about week eight, I'm talking about the actual end of their season. Uh the quarterback contracts that were given out, whether it be to Russ or Deshaun or anybody else, or the one that Aaron Rodgers got, or the one that Tom Brady got by Fox. Or the
1: one that Lamar's gonna get.
0: Yeah, by whoever. Uh the NFL wanting to restart after the situation in Cincinnati, slash Skip Bayless. We should call this the Skip Bayless Award. I feel like he deserves it. I think we're going to call
1: an audible here, and we are going to give that to Skip Bayless and the NFL wanting to restart after the DeMar stuff.
0: Yeah, it was going to be the contracts until about week 17. And then, yeah, the NFL kind of, um, well, they're terrible. Uh, The Where Have You Been Award is awarded to a team that had a slow start and came real close to the playoffs or even in the case of one of our nominees, made the playoffs. The nominees are the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Dan, who won and why? Uh, The
1: Jacksonville Jaguars, they opened up the season with a 1-7 and record. And they came back to win their division. Granted, it is not a strong division, but they did win the division with a
0: winning record, unlike the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, nobody cares in 10 years about how many wins the third-place team got. The only thing that matters is that you're going to have a banner or letters or something on your ring of fame, and Jacksonville finally gets to put something there. Interesting question. The WWE sends out title belts to every champion in major sports. Jacksonville is owned by the Khan family, who also owns All Elite Wrestling. If Jacksonville, in the unlikely event that they do, Wins the Super Bowl. Does the WWE send Tony Khan a world championship? Yes. Can you imagine him coming out on dynamite on the Wednesday after the Super Bowl with that thing slung over his arm? The good part about this is, though, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, Jacksonville's not going to win, but it's still fun to think about. Thank you, James Ellsworth, on Twitter for pointing out that question. And our last bad award is the least valuable player award. We had to search for these and we didn't have to search it very far because there was a runaway winner for the first 15 weeks of the season and his name was Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan and what he didn't do in Indianapolis combined with the fact that he lost his starting job not once but twice despite getting a new coach. Uh, he was in the running as well but our runaway winner, Dan, was Kenny Galladay. That's Go ahead, I mean, ask. How much money did he make per catch this year?
1: So per catch Kenny Galladay made three point five two five million dollars and per touchdown Kenny Galladay made twenty one point one five million. Now can you guess what Kenny Galladay's cap hit was this season?
0: Twenty one point one five million. Yes. Yeah, not a good uh, not a good look if you're uh if you're a fan of the uh of the Giants there. No, but yeah, hey, they are in
1: the playoffs, so you have that to look forward to. He can raise that, you know, he can lower that per-catch value, but I highly doubt it. Mm. I wonder what his bonus was if they made the playoffs.
0: Did he have one?
1: I guarantee my Most, player, most players, I'm not, players not, not sure. Okay.
0: All right, let's talk about the good of the NFL this year, and let's talk about the comeback player of the year. Now, obviously, next year, if... um. If DeMar can come back on the field, this should be his award. But this year we had a lot of interesting things, whether it was Derrick Henry damn near winning the rushing title or Saquon Barkley damn near winning the rushing title. And those two looking like it was five years ago. But how about our winner? Geno Smith.
1: Ah, uh, This is where you and I disagree on this
0: one. He this took is... the Seahawks to the to to the playoffs.
1: For Derrick Henry to come back and rush the way he did after that injury last year.
0: Yeah, but it's
1: still astounding. I um,
0: Derrick Henry's a superstar. Naquan Barkley them. is a superstar. Geno Smith was a backup quarterback. Once he left Morgantown, he was not a superstar anymore. He was a backup quarterback. And for him to do what he did this year with Seattle? Come on, man.
1: I guess I'll let you take it.
0: Uh, We will give it to uh, Gino. Let's move along. Let's talk about our of the year awards. And let's start with the coach of the year. There were a lot of choices here. And me and you went back and forth on this. We wound up nominating five coaches. We did. So those nominees are Nick Sirianni. Where's Sirianni at? Uh, Sirianni is in the number
1: one team. And I know you know this, Ed. Come on. Don't let the people think you don't understand and know where Nick Sirianni is. He is in in Philadelphia. Doug Peterson, former former Philadelphia Philadelphia, Eagle Eagle coach. And then this guy, I think, went a little bit undervalued in this award, and that is Kyle Shanahan. He brought that team to a playoff run, a three seed, a a two seed, with a third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy.
0: But I mean, he also had CMC and George Kittle. I I, I hear you. I
1: hear you, and, and that's Daniel. why he was just a nominee, or was he the winner? We
0: Brian Dable, where's Brian Dable from?
1: That is our New York Giant, our New York Football Giants head coach. I knew this guy was going to do it. Go back and listen to the preview. I talked up Dable. I knew he was going to be a good coach, and he was going to turn this team around.
0: And the final nominee, Dan Campbell, out of Detroit who damn near made the playoffs and then kept Green Bay from making the playoffs. So that's a win for Detroit any day of the week. Um, Absolutely is. But our winner here is Doug Peterson, because taking over for Urban Meyer the way that that all went down and then having this team with what they have and making Trevor Lawrence look like Dan Marino, Doug Peterson may truly be a quarterback whisperer I mean, he made Nick Foles – Nick Foles is a world champion because of Doug Peterson. Nick Foles is a world champion because of Doug Peterson.
1: I mean, he went – he took that team from worst to first.
0: Think about that.
1: So uh, Doug Peterson deserved this award in my opinion. I think it may go to someone else when they do the actual awards, and I think ours are more valid, so they can
0: blank off. We are the voice of the fans. Well, I should say we are the voice of the fan that listens to us. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Give me some names, buddy. This one, we, uh, we have the Kavon Thibodeau,
1: Aiden Hutchinson, and Sauce Gardner. And our winner is? Uh, Sauce Gardner. I believe, according to the NFL, he has given up one touchdown so far this season. And when you go back and review the touchdown he gave up, it was not his assignment. Um, in my opinion, sauce Gardner did not give up a touchdown this whole season as a rookie cornerback.
0: And he's got the best name in football. One of the best names in football. I mean, the dudes on the saw, like there's just so many puns. If he doesn't have an endorsement deal of some way, shape or form with a condiment company and, or a spaghetti company it's, we're missing out here. Like we're completely missing out that this, this needs to happen. You know? Uh, let's take a look at the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Chris Olave, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson. Why did we choose Chris Alave? We
1: didn't. I am calling an audible here. I am giving this award to Garrett Wilson. Okay, explain. Garrett Wilson. Let's think about the quarterbacks he had throwing to him. Mike okay. White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. He mm-hmm. caught 83 passes for 11, over 1,100 yards. Mm-hmm. He did only have four touchdown catches, mm-hmm. but to have that, type of to have those type of numbers with those three guys throwing to you um, kind of speaks for itself.
0: Now, who did Chris Olave have throwing to him? I mean, he had he had Andy Dalton and
1: Jameis Winston. I mean, he didn't catch his many balls. Mm-hmm. His receiving yards were less. Mm-hmm. So why would we give it to him? Same number of touchdowns
0: okay, well, fair enough, all right, oh okay, I'll give it to you. You've changed my mind. uh let's get to the big three defensive player of the year. It's one player and then there's two guys that are close, or three guys or four guys that are close, but in reality, this one may be the one award that is a lock. The nominees are Minka Fitzpatrick, at least our nominees, Minka Fitzpatrick, Miles Garrett, and our winner. Joey Bosa. Why is Joey Bosa so much better than everybody else at this award?
1: I uh, believe you're speaking of Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, excuse me, sorry. Um 18 and a half sacks this season.
0: That is absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Um let's go with our offensive player of the year. Now we kept the we kept quarterbacks out of the situation because the MVP award is for a quarterback. The Offensive Player of the Year award is for everybody else. Who are our nominees, Daniel?
1: Uh, I think three of these nominees are pretty obvious. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, Stefan Diggs,
0: and Nick Chubb. You're right. Nick Chubb is the obvious answer here.
1: And that award clearly goes to Justin Jefferson.
0: And Ed, Absolutely. Tell me why. It goes to, go ahead. Tell me why it goes to Justin Jefferson. Uh, All you got to do is look at the stats and look, if you watch any of his games this year, there is nobody more explosive than him. Not, not on the field with him, not in the NFL, nothing. He is the one guy that if you're watching, you know exactly where he's lined up on every play and you have to watch him because it could be a, a screen pass for 90 yards. It could be a jet sweep. It could be a deep ball. He can do everything on the football field, and he's good. If he can get the ball to him, he's going to score. I agree, 100%.
1: That's why I let you
0: tell me why. I will say, if this is offensive most valuable player and not player of the year, Nick Chubb has to be in this conversation. Because to the Cleveland Browns offense, if you look at the way the Browns play when Nick Chubb is getting the football, Versus when he's not getting the football. It's the equivalent of Alabama. and or It's the equivalent of Georgia and TCU. that From that national championship game a little bit ago. Uh, it's night and day. And Kevin Stefanski is a lot smarter when Nick Chubb is getting the football. Than when he's trying to throw screen passes to Kareem Hunt. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's get to our big one. The MVP award. We selected three. We probably didn't need to go deeper than that if we're only sticking to quarterbacks. Daniel, who are our three? Patrick Mahomes. The oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs. I gave you that little
1: nugget earlier. You did. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. And our winner. Is Jalen Hurts, even with missing those few games, they lost those games. It almost cost them the number one seed. Hurts comes back, they win, and they lock up the number one seed in the NFC. And that shows you that he was the most valuable player. And maybe Minshew Mania isn't as good as we all thought.
0: Well, I'll tell you another thing. You know who should have gotten some consideration for this but didn't? Tua. Tua. Because the Dolphins with Tua Tunga-Vailoa and without Tua Tunga-Vailoa are like the Browns with Nick Chubb. Why were they different? Mainly the fact that when is in for the Dolphins, he plays well. And the Dolphins play well. And the Dolphins win. And when is not in there, they look like uh, a northern directional Tennessee school. You know, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say this, what... Teddy Bridgewater looked
1: like was very disappointing because you just remember that injury that he went through and everything along those lines and you just would have right that's what I mean like I would you would have just would have loved to seen him step in and play good and every time he got a chance to step in he ended up getting hurt and Skylar Thompson was basically the backup that just ended up playing Teddy Bridgewater's career just seems to be injury riddled
0: and it's sad too because he and Buffalo he was good you know I had such high hopes for him in Cleveland and then That Houston, he never got a shot, and then he got injured, and it's just been bad, and you feel bad for the guy, but that wraps up our NFL awards for the first half of the show. Dan, let's talk about something else, and we have a lot to talk about. We do, but what's on your mind? Let's talk about Carlos
1: Correa. Let's talk about Carlos Correa really quick, because we don't have too many baseball nuggets to go over. Okay, go for it. Six years wow oh man, I'm blind. was it three hundred million with the twins? So he just goes back to where he just opted out of? So hmm. How do you will feel about pass,
0: that? Will he pass the physical?
1: Six years two hundred million uh two hundred million dollar contract.
0: But will he pass the physical?
1: I think so. I think they know what they're getting. He just I mean, he literally just opted out of a contract there. Um I think it was Good for him to get the deal. I feel like he deserved it, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, that's really all I have to add from baseball. I mean, we've touched on Bauer already. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up now that he's been officially released. Um, do you have anything to add about these two teams specifically?
0: What makes the Twins think they are smarter than the Mets and the Giants? That's what I want to know. Uh, they may not think they're smarter
1: than the Mets and the Giants. They just may have their franchise guy, and they may have their fingers crossed and are hoping for the best. Let's be honest.
0: Well, we all know that it is actually Carlos Correa's brother, not Carlos Correa. that is. Anyway,
1: let's get back to what you want to talk about. (laughs)
0: Let's go back to football. Now, before they came up with this coin flip scenario, which is still very much in play, there was talk about an eighth wild card team. Is that good? I didn't hate it, but why are we going to have half of
1: our league make the playoffs? Works in hockey. I mean, the, but the difference is, is hockey football is not like hockey. It's better. Like worse. It's worse. I mean, you you look at the caliber of players. Like also, how does hockey do their seedings? Refresh my memory, because I honestly uh, don't top
0: remember. three in each division, and then a wild card from the from the conference after that.
1: Right, but the the only the number one seeds get a buy. Is that correct, or how do they No, no buys. It? Right, so it's one of it. One, one versus eight and everything like that, right? For the first, yep. Okay, so if we would have had a, had an eighth seed, um, well, for one, I'm glad they didn't do that because the Steelers would have made it.
0: Thank God they didn't.
1: But that would have brought in the Lions as well. But what what makes this really interesting is just, I mean you look at both of those teams were the last winning teams on each side. Okay. So what was the quality of play we would have got there? I don't really like that. I also feel like if you know that you are in for the playoffs, you can, I mean, it, it would make for interesting football to see people to see teams try to manipulate the seeds. That would definitely make for interesting football if nobody got to buy. But at the same time, I feel like when you're the best team in your conference, you deserve that week off. So I I just don't like it. I I think that's, I like that they went from two buys to one.
0: It does Um, kind of devaluate the last few games of the regular season when a team is trying for that bye week.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you talk about the Chiefs could have literally rested their starters or just played them like it was a preseason game the last three weeks because they wouldn't have had to, well, the Bills too, in a sense, because, you know, the Bills are the Bills. So.
0: That's true. And not to mention, we wouldn't have had to worry about that make Week 17 game if it was going to be made up, if, you know, the number one seed doesn't get a bye because what's the real difference anyway, you know? Agreed. What does it matter? Um. Let's move along. Let's talk about something, and we're going to run this somewhere down the line on the official Facebook page of the Players Named Later Podcast the Sports Dispatch. We're going to start ranking the best and the worst in sports. Let's talk about the worst fans in sports, Dan. Now, we're coming off the NFL season. And and we have experience in some of the most toxic fandom there is, whether it be self-deprecation, self-deprecating toxicity, or stupidity, or just hubris, even. We, We both belong to some of those some of those franchises that should be named for instance apathy goes to the Baltimore Orioles or the Tampa Bay Rays where no matter what you do good or bad the same people are going to show up no matter what the attendance will not change we also have the 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 hubris of the Pittsburgh Steelers which we both have dealt with solidly we have the stupidity of Fandom in Cleveland. And then we have just the angry and, and the hateful with Oakland or Vegas now. Especially given the videos where you can have a small white woman yell at a black man and nothing happened to her, despite potentially using the N word multiple times. But Dan, at considering all of this, we limited to four NFL teams. The Cowboys, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Patriots. Out of those four, who has the worst fans and why is it the Cowboys? You're muted. Ladies and gentlemen. It is hands down definitely the Cowboys. Dan has has been doing this podcast with me on and off for about four years now. And he still cannot figure out how to work the mute button been four years dan so hands
1: down it's the cowboys um because they're a lot like you they don't know I, when to shut up I, I, I they, hands down. they always no. they always think that they know everything they think they're the best at it all okay now maybe all of this isn't you but most of it still is and lastly um their team sucks and they think they're good and that's the worst part Cowboys fans don't understand how bad the Cowboys have been.
0: I agree with you on all of it. But I would also like to add that every one of your points can go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, absolutely. And let me, let, let me tell you, okay. Facebook, Twitter, all of social media is a cesspool filled with bigotry, hatred, pornography, and just overall stupidity. It was a Browns message board and, well, Facebook post, whatever. Steelers fans had infiltrated it. Okay? (laughs) And somebody said something to the effect of, you know, we beat you guys again, blah, blah, blah. Well, you guys are going to be watching the playoffs same as we are, whatever. And then the response, in the most juvenile and yinzer way possible, I won't be watching the playoffs. Excuse me. Quote. I won't be watching the playoffs. I, I will be too busy polishing our six Super Bowl trophies. Of all the things you could have said, out of all the stereotypes you could have reinforced about the Pittsburghers in this area, the Yinzers, if you will, you reinforce the absolute worst one for a Steelers fan talking about your Super Bowls that nobody cares about. My
1: favorite response to that as a Ravens fan, and I feel like you will like this, in the history of the Ravens being an organization, we have the same amount of Super Bowls as the Steelers. So I tell them to take their other four Super Bowls, turn them sideways, and shove them straight up their candy ass, because mm. they don't count.
0: Do you tell them to uh, drive to the corner of uh, Jabon- Jabroni Drive and Know Your Old Boulevard?
1: No, it, it get hasn't get gotten
0: your that far. Fat ass into the SmackDown hotel.
1: It hasn't got that far yet. I missed. But they normally don't like that response. They they don't like that response when you try to. It's, it's Pittsburgh. Who cares? I know. I just think it's funny when they try to do that though.
0: Oh, we we got four. We got four. Uh, okay. Um. We got same, six. These are the same people that argue that Sidney Crosby and Wayne Gretzky are in the same conversation.
1: Not even close. Now Wayne Gretzky and Ovi, they will be in the same conversation soon.
0: Only in goals, <laughs> they played. I, I wasn't. I wasn't specific on what. The, I just the said better, they will be in the, better, the same
1: conversation soon.
0: The, the better comparison to Alexander Ovechkin is Gordy Howe, not Wayne Gretzky. Nobody is ever going to compare to Wayne Gretzky. That's just the way it is. Like he is. There's there's Wayne Gretzky. There's fifty feet of amazing then there's Gordy Howe, then there's everybody else. Like, he is so far ahead of everybody else. But that beside the point, these are the same people that bitch, moan, and complain about baseball and then don't go to one of the nicest, friendliest ballparks in Major League Baseball, PNC Park. I, I went there this year, okay, and I saw Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run, I I damn near passed out cuz I screamed so hard. I cried. It was one of the best days of my life. You're welcome for that, by the way. I only take
1: credit because you didn't know they were coming there as soon as they were.
0: Yeah, you definitely showed it and then I begged Anna to go and it was it was amazing. But um that stadium, you know, I I know you're partial to to Camden Yards and you know, I I grew up in Busch Stadium. And that's fine. But it dude it was a dreary day. it was overcast. there was a little bit of nip in the air. there was some drizzle. but getting to that, that, that McCovey bridge, I think is what it's called, out in center field, just the way it was it was so beautiful. And you can sit down almost onto the field for ridiculously cheap all of the ushers, man. Anna had um, Anna had just hurt her leg real bad, and she was pretty much on crutches. And the ushers were so super nice. There was almost nobody there. The concessions were cheap. Parking was cheap. You know, say what you will, but Pittsburgh is one of the nicest cities to walk through. It was amazing.
1: You know, I I won't take anything away from there. I've been there a few times, um, and I do think it's an amazing city. Now, I will say I've never been there for a game, but I have heard nothing but amazing things about PNC Park or whatever it is. I don't know if it's still PNC Park or whatnot. It's still PNC Park. (laughs) Um, But... That is 100% something that I have heard nothing but really good things about, so uh, I can't take anything away from that. I will say I do think Candon Candon set the the standard there, but I think a lot of baseball parks after that have um, really, 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 really turned it on, and it's baseball is something that you can enjoy for cheap as long as you're not trying to get drunk.
0: And I think baseball is one of the few sports to where you don't necessarily have to be emotionally invested into the game to enjoy it. You can enjoy the aesthetics of baseball, you know, like everything is laid out in a grid. Everything is equidistantly measured. It's very, um, how do I want to OCD conscience, I guess, where everything is as it should be. And, The scenery, especially in places like Camden, Bush, San Diego, Pittsburgh, Boston, New York, where you just get those iconic views. And it's just like. The game is almost. Second to the fact that you can just enjoy yourself, you can get the sights, the sounds, the smells. You know, you go to Wrigley Field and watch the Cubs get their face bashed in, but you also get. The feel of the wind coming off the lake and, you know, the, the beer vendor shouting in the background, the smell of the grass, the smell of nachos, you get the fat, fat Tony over in section three twenty two, bitching about something, you know, you get the drunk guy that's on beer number 18 in the fifth inning and the bleachers about ready to pass out, swirling his shirt above his head in 95 degree Chicago weather. It's the whole experience you don't necessarily have to care about the game to understand the experience of baseball. And that's, that's awesome. Don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, that being said, you know, we said the, the worst fans. What about two franchises that don't belong where they are? Would you consider fans being bad if they don't care? Like if a fan base truly doesn't give a fuck, that makes, them a bad, that makes them bad fans, right? Because I think you know where I'm going with this. There, there's, there's a city that has two teams that doesn't deserve either one of them. I think you're a little biased towards the city. The Chargers should have ne- never left San Diego. You're right. That's a hill I'll die on. What about the Rams? Fuck the Rams. Said it before and I'll say it again. Stan Kroenke's a bitch. A lying bitch. Fuck him. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, that's all L.A. teams. Look at the Kings. LA, The L.A. Kings only have fans when they're winning. The Lakers? That's, the type, that's the way that city is. I mean, it, it's that way for a lot of Florida teams, too. A lot of implants.
0: Implant states and stuff like that, you, you see that. Well, I mean, for one, the Lakers always have fans. And for two, there's so much more to do in Florida than sit inside of a building. You oh, know? I,
1: I agree. I and agree. I, I would say we're not I feel exactly like exactly talking team... about.
0: We're not exactly talking about the best-looking buildings in their collective sport. I mean, Tampa Bay plays in a shithole. Miami's stadium leaves a lot to be desired. Now, Tampa Bay is beautiful, but still, you're in Tampa Bay. Without Tom Brady, do you, do you, do you want to watch the Buccaneers, or do you want to go sailing? Do you want to go deep-sea fishing, or do you want to watch the Buccaneers?
1: I'll watch the Buccaneers.
0: Beat... Uh- the Dallas Cowboys in the first I know, round of the the play also Literally Monday. like right there. Well, that's a given. I mean, come on. Do you think that happens? Do I think that they win on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Monday. They play on Monday. They do. All right. That's as good a time as any. Let's talk about it. Let's make our picks for the wild card week. Now to give you guys an update on how we sit for the season picks per game, 158 and 111. That's me. 58.74 winning percentage. We discounted two games because of one tie and one cancellation. Dan is at 154 and 115, 57.25%. I have all but locked up this season, Dan. How does that make you feel? You locked up the regular season. We still got the postseason to go. And I was bad at the postseason last year. Now, if you take a look at our games of the week, Dan. You know what it's like to be eviscerated because I beat you by five. Five. What are you
1: talking about? You didn't beat me this week.
0: The games of the week. You're the one that put this in here, not me. I took Jacksonville this week. Can you not math? You're the one that put this in here, not me. Either way, I beat you by three. Who cares? I still won. Okay, so
1: last year I beat you in the game of the week. This year you beat me. Let's see what. I happens. know, and I
0: didn't get uh, not hear about it for like three months. So this is. What do you I- mean? I didn't talk about it ever again. Every time we talked. So you're, now the question
1: now the question. You're is, remembering we-
0: things the way you want to remember them, and I dislike this a
1: lot. So now the question is: Do we continue this into the playoffs? The game Absolutely of the week. Absolutely, we do.
0: No, the game of the week. No, that's over. That's done.
1: Oh no! Oh, that's
0: over all of a sudden yeah that's done because every playoff game is the play is has the potential to be a game of the week. none of these are stinker games. I mean, hell, you look at it. Seattle and San Francisco. we both pick San Francisco because Seattle is a Cinderella team, but Cinderella is is midnight, and San Francisco is just too talented. I'll tell you what I do like in this game. I do like
1: um I'm gonna give a little bit of of betting alpha during these shows um. I do like Seattle plus the 10, and I really like Seattle teased up to plus 16. I think this is a one-score game.
0: 10 points is a lot to be giving. To a division rival
1: in yeah. a playoff
0: game? Yes, Yeah. It is.
1: And San Francisco's giving given up 10 to Seattle, so I'm, I'm, I'm all over Seattle with the points here.
0: Then we have the Chargers going to Jacksonville. I chose the Chargers. You chose Jacksonville. Why did you take Jacksonville? <laughs> I'm still
1: going back and forth on this, but I think I am going to stick with Jacksonville here. The Chargers run defense has been abysmal this year, and they will. Jacksonville will give the rock to ETN as much as they need to. And not to mention, we do have that West Coast coming to East Coast factor here. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is also a short week for the Chargers. So I do think all of this in play, I do think this is definitely a toss up game. And to keep it interesting for us, I think I am going to stick with the Jaguars.
0: Fair enough. Um,
1: I think I, I, the look on your face, I've seen that look too many times. It, it makes me feel like you kind of want to flip here to Jacksonville.
0: Honestly, it's 50-50 for me. I, I chose the Chargers because I think they're better at quarterback. I don't trust Trevor Lawrence in his first playoff game.
1: That's fair. That's very fair, and that's why they're going to feed that rock to ETN.
0: I just, but a running back turning over the football versus a young quarterback turning over the football? One happens a lot more than the other, and one is more impactful than the other. So there's that. Uh let's move along. We both have Buffalo rolling over Miami, and this has more to do with Miami than it does Buffalo.
1: One hundred percent. I don't expect Tua to play. Um, I think this is almost about as close to a bye week as you can get.
0: Well, we're we're missing one thing, okay? We both are we both are, are fair amounts of historians. I, I think that's that's fair to say, right? And sports has a way of writing a story, you know, and writing a, a story where the championship team has a way of being, of having that story with them. You know, I mean, you look at my favorite team, the St. Louis blues worst to first, you know, bringing a rookie goaltender in rolling. That is an amazing story. You know, you have the 1999 St. Louis Rams behind Kurt Warner, Nothing greatest show on turf. Beautiful. 2004, 2001 with the Yankees, you know, 2004, after that great comeback to go on and then sweep the Cardinals for the Red Sox. Uh, there, there there's a lot, there's a lot you can go throughout history and just keep pointing at things where this has happened. And now Buffalo has that story. The, the, yeah. And not, to, after not to the mention Boston also- Marathon. I mean, didn't didn't like three Boston teams win a championship after the Boston Marathon bombing?
1: I think so. Something along those lines. Um, but also, too, I would imagine. So DeMar flew home from Cincinnati. So I I'm, I imagine DeMar's probably going to be at the game um, and that Buffalo crowd is going to go absolutely insane. Yep. Um, and I think the guys are going to be amped up too, just to get that for um.
0: for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so and you also have the one thing that is crucial. In in the playoffs, you talk about West coming East, South going North, where you have Miami going to Buffalo in the middle of January. That's something that that's something I feel is even more crucial than the West coming East. But that's just me. Uh, we differ on the next two games. The Giants are going to Minnesota.
1: Maybe, Why did you I'd... pick the Giants? I just believe in this this, this team, and I'm going to be honest with you, Kirk Cousins just doesn't show up in big-time games.
0: So we're still riding that train, are we? As of right now, I am, but don't be surprised. I may end
1: up going back to Minnesota here before this game kicks off.
0: Baltimore is at Cincinnati. You picked Baltimore. Despite the fact we don't know who their quarterback is going to be, if Lamar's, pick, not play, if, the, if Lamar's not playing, I'm picking
1: Cincinnati to win this game by 20.
0: Well, I won't, you're not I, I won't edit, watch it. You're not going to edit the spreadsheet. This is final. These are our no, official it's picks. Not,
1: absolutely not. It's the playoffs. These are official now. They, it's not official on a Tuesday here at 8 o'clock. No, oh, it's not bullshit. official. It's, All right, it's, then it's, I'm it's, hanging it's, up and the pod's off because uh, this I, is it's not I official. I
0: Download it and post it anyway. It's fine. It's not
1: official until kickoff of the games.
0: We'll discuss that for a later date. Anyway, did you pick Baltimore for your fandom or do you honestly believe they have a shot even with Lamar? An with injured Lamar, Lamar at best.
1: With Lamar, I do believe we have a real shot to win that game with the way this defense is even playing. Even if
0: he even if he can't move. Even if he's stuck in the pocket on one leg.
1: I do. I, I do. I do feel like with Lamar at center we have a chance to win this game. I feel like the morale of the team's a lot better and I feel like that that type of momentum can change a lot of can change a lot of things in a game.
0: What if it's Tyler Huntley?
1: We lose by 10.
0: What if it's the third string quarterback, whatever his name was?
1: Uh, We should just forfeit. Mm. Run an ESPN, run, the, run an E60 on Ray Lewis or something.
0: <laughs> on Ray Lewis? No, they'll yeah. do it on Boomer Esaias and a clearly much more better player. Much more better. Wow. For somebody who uses the English language as much as I do, that was rough. Yeah. And then. You do say. The last game of the playoffs will be Dallas at Tampa Bay. We both picked Tampa. And do you know why we picked Tampa, Dan? Because Dallas sucks. No. Do you remember the cardinal rule from last year? Oh, that's your cardinal rule. Never bet against Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, who made me look stupid. And Tom Brady and Tom Brady in the playoffs. You never bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs ever, ever. So there you have that. Those are our picks. We gave out our awards, Dan, you got anything else we should talk about? Cause I feel like there's some other stuff we should talk about.
1: Uh, I feel like you're hitting at something and I'm, I'm toasted today with the brain after work.
0: well, we talked about you know Demar obviously that injury and 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 a, a terrible injury. Um, what's the worst injury you've ever seen in sports? Excellent, great content, buddy. Let me give you some examples, okay? And there's two of one of them I can almost guarantee you've never seen, and that was Chuck Mal- Malar Chuck. Uh, cutting his jugular as a goaltender in a game, surviving, getting stitched up and waiting to go back out for the third period. One, you may have seen Joe Theismann and his leg. See that one, Dan? That was, I have crazy. seen
1: that one. Um, speaking of legs, the I want to say Kentucky basketball player when the bone just shot right out his leg. Oh
0: yeah. That, yeah. That and one was pretty bad. Uh, the Indiana Pacer guy. Paul George. Yeah, he, uh... Yeah. But, uh, how about Sid Vicious? Coming yeah. off the second rope and having his shin bone just fold in half.
1: And then also, um, Gordon Hayward was bad. Yeah. Um. Evander Kane was even bad this year with, uh, with his wrist getting caught by the skate. That was pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Who would, who would think that strapping razor blades to your feet would be a danger to skin? But, um... I can remember three times I was as scared as I was during that Buffalo game. And all three times they hit pretty close to home. Uh, The first time was in, I believe it was 1998. That doesn't sound right. I may have the year wrong. Uh, Chris Pronger took a slap shot to the chest. And it was the exact same injury that the bill safety had stopped his heart. They had to shock him back into rhythm. And then Pronger went on to go play for about another 15 years. Or 13 years and make it to the NHL Hall of Fame. So he came back from it and was amazing. There was Jay Bomeister, who in a game against Anaheim in Anaheim collapsed on the bench. Now I was at work and I was listening, I was listening to this game and I remember the voice of Chris Kerber talking about it and I mean, he's sitting up in the press box, so he's 300 feet removed from the bench. And the cameras weren't that great. And you just saw the players huddled around the bench, play stopped and everything else. And he didn't know what was going on. And you began to worry like, shit, did I just listen to somebody die? Especially somebody as well-respected on my favorite team as that. And then the third one, I I know you watched it live because we talked about it as it happened. Uh, Jerry Lawler, having his heart attack after a match with, I believe, Dolph Ziggler, was it? I believe so, yes. On Monday Night Raw, live. You know, and and then you're looking and you you think, well, and, and all three times it was exacerbated by the announce team. Where you could feel the real emotion coming through. Listening to Michael Cole just break up, like completely destroy himself on air. And having the last bit of the show with no commentary because you didn't know if you were ever going to see Jerry Lawler again. And those, like when, when he went down, those were the three th- immediately, just right into my head that I thought about. And I am so glad that he is okay, that, that that wasn't something that could have been made a lot worse. And congratulations to the medical people and the trainers and everybody else that saved that young man's life. Agreed. But outside of that, there is one other injury that really shook me to my core, Dan. Um, and it happened to the greatest player to ever play any sport in the history of ever during a playoff game. And I thought he, I, 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 it was tragic. It, it, it was something that has scarred me emotionally, physically, mentally. It had its effects on me. And that was watching the god of basketball, LeBron James, crumble to a heap because of leg cramps. I cried, Dan. You know how emotionally unsettling that is?
1: Ed, that man brought your city a
0: championship before any claim other not had. my city. Well, you claim them. I claim a lot of things that aren't mine. And until I get a blood test result, it may be both my kids. I'm just saying now more has gone. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's beside the point. What I'm saying is there's a big difference between a hockey player and a football player and LeBron James. I'm not saying he should have played soccer, but I'm just saying Real Madrid would have signed him to a massive deal. At any rate, Dan, you got anything else, buddy? I know you're fried. I know you're tired. This award show was a bad idea. We sucked at it again. God help the one person that listens to us. Maybe the two people. Who knows? We may be getting traction, but this was bad.
1: I don't really have anything to add at this point. Um, I promise you next week we will do better.
0: Yeah, we say that every week, though. And yet here we are.
1: Next week will be better. We'll have a better script prepared. This was really just kind of a hodgepodge of things.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this won't even get posted and we'll try it again. No, it won't. I'm too lazy. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, since Dan didn't want to get the obvious hint that I was throwing at him. If you're hearing us, you probably already know. But if not, check out the Sports Dispatch page on Facebook, on Instagram. And if Dan ever gets off his lazy ass on Twitter where you will find all of our posts, the did-you-know stuff that we are posting every day to give you a little piece of history, not to mention you're going to find some odds and ends on there. Who would you pick in the draft? Stan Musial or Albert Pujols? The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Would you rather eat as many hot dogs as you can in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest or have to eat the octopi that is thrown onto the ice after a Detroit Red Wings hat trick? Wrestling and music, get the lyrics and where they come from for the best music in professional wrestling. We got some throwback stuff coming at you. We got some lists coming at you where we rank the greatest logos, the greatest sports movies, and so much more. You can find all of that and just so much more on the Sports Dispatch, podcast, or sports Dispatch Facebook page, including this podcast, including we're going to give you. Some caps locks and chair shots, quick hits. That's going to be me going over matches that happened in history and giving you a breakdown. Dan may be joining me. This may just be my thing. I don't know. We will see. You can find all of that on our Facebook page, including contacting us if you yourself would like to make some content for the page. But, Dan, terrible show. First bad one we've had in in a while. It is. It it is. You know what? Let's just quit. Let's just quit. Fuck this. We're done. We're done. I'm sorry to disappoint the half person that listens to us which may be Dan just playing it in the background while he works. Now, we'll be back. We'll be back next week with an even better show with better content and better stuff and Dan is not going to sound like a like an obese slug this week. All right. You got anything else to add there big guy? I uh, go fuck yourself, Ed. Ah, uh, that sounds fantastic. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening and just remember If your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players who get named later who can make it better. See ya.